Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few podcast on Thursday the 7th. Um, I think we've all cooled down a wee bit after the weekend. Uh, the pod on Sunday wasn't very, very easy. It was quite difficult to, to go by. Uh, curry was, uh, was uh, red hot, I think. And I've got to say it, I've, I've got to say it. He was supposed to be coming on tonight and he's, he said he's sick. I think he's shit it. I really do. He's shit it. <laughs> so, Curry, get well soon. <laughs> um, with me tonight is uh, we've got the the young one that's, yeah, I think one of the few Michael Beale supporters. Andrew, how are you? Yeah, I'm all right. Um, you know, just enjoying not being on Twitter for the last few days. Probably from a my own good. Um, it's good to have a wee, a wee, kind of, a wee kind of time out from it. Uh, but to be fair, it'd be quite funny with the suggestions of who who we think will be the new manager, and definitely mm. none are unrealistic at all. Um, so yeah, mm. happy to be back on. We'll have a good chat about it tonight, I'm sure. Yeah, well, it's going to be. We've got. There's not an awful lot of news going around today because of the international break, but we'll, we've dug up some things to talk about, and no doubt we'll be getting some people's points of view put in. Scott, our first time on together, I think. It's Hi. a, a nice new face for me. Nice to see um, you. Baby. Welcome to the to the podcast, and uh, pleased to meet you. Hi, good to meet you. Mate. How you doing, Scott? What you, what you up to? Not bad at all, not bad at all. Uh, still trying to digest the weekend. Um, as the days go on, I'm still not getting any, any less angry about it. Um, still getting my views. I'm hoping a, a good podcast and a good rant tonight is going to make me feel a wee bit better, though. Yeah, well, sometimes talking about things makes it better, but <laughs> sometimes it doesn't <laughs> as well. Oh, yeah, no. So anyway, moving on, the, the sort of a big news over the last few days was that Borna Barisic was, first of all, that he was fit to play for, for Croatia uh, and that he was possibly going to be transferred. I don't know how he could have done that this just now, but um, I think it would have probably been in January he was going to be transferred. Um then we heard later on in the day that it's all the rubbish, that he's not going, that he's staying, and he may also be offered a new contract. Andrew, what have you, what have you thought about that one? I don't really know what to think, to be honest, as you said. It was kind of, oh, he's gone, and then all of a sudden he was back in. Um, I, I'm a big Borna Barisic fan. I think um, anyone that knows me from the pod is, they've heard it all before. I'm, I'm very much... The, the leader of Borna Barisic, Ravi Matondo. Um, you know, that's that's my two. Um but yeah, I'm happy I'm happy that if he stays, if he goes well, you know, we've got a solid left back there in Red Van. Um when he gets back fit whenever that is, if he is fit, if he's injured, who knows anymore. Um yeah, I mean if Dina Bozagreb's decent team in, in his homeland, so if, if he's he's interested in that and he wants to pursue it, then by all means. Um, I know we're kind of running low on how long we have him under contract for, so it'd be something that the club would need to be looking at in the here and now and not putting on the back burner. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. If he goes, he goes. If he stays, he stays. 
Scott, um, his contract finishes in the, in the summer, next summer, which means that we won't get any, any money for him. Would it be worthwhile cashing in him uh, in, in, at the Christmas window? Nah, nah, I wouldn't say so. Um, I'm not Bournemouth's biggest supporter, but he's been here got countless years now. He knows the league. He's got a certain European pedigree about him. Um, he's had his bad matches for us, don't get me wrong, but I, th I think if somebody comes in and buys him, I don't think you're going to really get much back. I think in terms of weighing up the, the transfer fee we'll get against having Borna as a player in the squad, I would rather have Borna as a player in the squad. Um, I'm a big fan of Redvan. I think Redvan's the future, and I think he needs to play an awful lot more this season than Barisic, but it's, I, th I think it's just trying to keep Redvan fit that's going to be the problem for us. Obviously, you've seen on Sunday the, the difference Redvan made when he came on. Fine, he came on for Sterling, but he offered us a different kind of attacking threat. He offered us a wee bit of width going forward. He's not all about kind of standing at the touchline and whipping crosses in. He's willing to get to the byline. He can play different passes. He can play it into feet. He can play it in behind. It can do one-twos. It, it just offers so much more than Barisic. But in terms of back to your point on Borna, I would rather I'd rather keep him because you're maybe looking at a fee every but half a million, a million pound for him. You would rather have that experience in and around the squad. Because to be honest, on Saturday, Sterling proved what he said in his uh, presser when he signed for us. He has a defensive fullback. He's not going to get up and do a flank for you. Sterling, Sterling would have been made merciful at PSV away, in my opinion, instead of having fullbacks that are going to bomb up the park, etc. You're being somebody that's going to stay back and defend and give the defence a wee bit of balance. I think Sterling's going to offer us that. But when he's going to be able to offer us it this season is going to be the question because they were going to be attacking an awful, in an awful lot of our matches. Andrew, if we go to a, a Sterling, say we get a Sterling now. Tav is, is, is just unbelievable the amount of goals he scored for Rangers. So let's say we put Sterling in at right back. Then you're expecting your midfield to stand up. And with this midfield that we've got at the moment, can we afford it? And with the strikers even as well, can we afford to, 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 to drop Tav for Sterling? Well, I think the, the kind of um, talk of dropping Tav is going to be something that we really need to stop putting in the back burner. You can tell that he's he's he hit his peak and we're now going in that slow decline that you expect. I mean he's over thirty. He's 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 a I don't want to say he's an old man in a young man's position, but you know, even I go back to the Livingston game at the Ibrox, Christian Montano, he's he's an alright, pretty decent winger in terms of pace. But he made Tav look like it was Usain Bolt against me running a hundred meter sprint. Um it's it's nothing against Tav. I think he's superb when he's on the ball. I think he can strike a ball like, like maybe I've seen. Um, but I just think um, it's something you need to explore in terms of Sterling taking that that spot. It's two completely different players. It's the it's a full back to a wing back. Sterling does the defensive side. Tav does the attacking side. And I think you could kind of see we're kind of maybe off kilter a wee bit with Tav wanting to get up the park and Sterling maybe not wanting to get up the park. Um, against Celtic, I mean, that was just what you were going to get. It, it reminded me a lot of when we, we played Tav at right-back and we had John Flanagan playing at left-back because he was more just, just a defender. Then you add in that Sterling was playing right-footed in a left position. It was it, it was going to cause problems. And I mean, he did his best. I can't say that Sterling hasn't 
put in effort in the games I've seen him. Um, it would be useful to maybe see him in that right back position because then you can assess him for the future properly. I don't think we've really seen him in a in that right back position in a, in a game situation where we haven't been chucking the kitchen sink in it because we've not seen it be a straight swap of Sterling for Tavernier. We've seen it being Tavernier's been chucked into centre mid or Tavernier's been chucked mm-hmm. further up the park and Sterling's been covering defensively. It'd be interesting to see what it'd be like if you started Sterling at right back and then you can properly assess if he could be the future of that position. Yeah, um, I think it, I think it's obvious in the future that we're going to need to do something in the in the fullback positions. That that that's purely obvious. I mean, that doesn't take anybody with a break from me to to see that. Uh, you said Scott that you you were a Red Van fan. But other news that was in the paper today was that the sectors want Red Van and loan, and Bill is going to allow him to go. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But that's what the the way the papers are giving it. Um, so. If Barisic is is uh, injured, it would be Red Van coming in. If this is true, what do you think of that? Nah, I don't. I think it's just lazy journalism, to be honest with you. Um, Red Van's been linked to a move for almost for signed for us. Um, constantly linked to a move back to Turkey. I dare say it might happen at some point if he doesn't manage to get on a goal at Ibrox. But I really, really can't see any truth in that. I mean, his transfer window is closed. Any deal, I don't know about the Turkey transfer window right enough. I think they're the 15th of September, aren't they? Uh, yeah, September the 15th deadline, yeah. Well, either September 15th. But Rangers will just point it out of the park. I can't see, see if we had a, an up-and-coming youth prospect that was champing it a bit and stuff like that, and you could, what, you wanted to give him a wee bit more game time and things, then potentially you would let one of them go. But nah, I, I really can't see it happening, to be honest. Just purely because of who we've got available at left-back. Yeah, Andrew, you've been watching the B team a, a, a lot, um, and I, I, I mean, obviously we've got Divine. He's not not playing for the B team anymore. He's been promoted to the A team, but we haven't really seen him. Divine really never done anything wrong when he played. Uh, is there a reason do you think that why is why is Divine all of a sudden dropped right down the list? Yeah, it's that's an interesting one. That I've been thinking about that. Divine's a good player. I don't think, as you said, I don't think I've seen him put. Too much wrong since he since he's he's got got those chances in the first team. Um, I thought you were going to go ask me about John Lee because he's kind of been showing that he can play in that left side. Um, I've seen him for the B team; he was more of a, a centre back. Um, Funnily enough, he was quite he, was, he fell in a quite a kind of corner golden role, being the more vocal of the kind of the back two, the centre half pairing. But um, yeah, he, he's he's kind of jumped to the left back um, where necessary. Um, I don't see Red Van being allowed to leave, especially since our window's done. It's nice that they can their window finishes a wee bit later, but I'd I'd highly doubt it if we were to let Red Van go because the it would be completely against anything that he's been saying of trying to build Red Van and him being a sellable asset and stuff like that. that we can develop. I mean, I just don't see that happening at all. I think it would probably cause a lot more hassle for yeah. for Michael than the, the I don't know, multi-million pounds that it would be. I know it's a loan, so I'd, I'd be hoping it, if they were going to take him on loan, it'd be a loan to buy because there'd be no point in loaning them out if he's good enough to be our starting left-back. Yeah, well, I think it shows. I mean, I, I don't want to go into the criticism of Bill just yet, but um, 
it shows you the 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 the, the, the balance of the over team when we've got two of the players that can fill in at left back are right footed, and if if Red Van was to leave, it would mean that at left back we've got a right footed player, at central defence we've got a right footed player in the left side, just total no balance at all. So what's happening? Oh, hey, what is happening? That's a good question. Um, there isn't any, but there doesn't seem to be any balance with the defence whatsoever. Um, there doesn't seem to be. I, I, don't, I, th- I think part of the problem with the with the defence is the the Golden and Suter partnership. I don't think the chemistry is right with the two at all. Um, I'd say they are nine on our podcast. I think that when we had Balogun and Suter at the back um, against Livingston, there seemed to be a much more compact and gelled unit there than what Suter and Goldson have offered us in all the matches they've played this season. Um, in terms of fallbacks, well, it's the same, was it three was it three of the same defenders? It was Tav Borner and Goldson for five years ago. It was in the starting lineup at when we played Celtic at Park Keith. So I know we've been out, spent all this money and we're, we're attacking Flair uh, this summer. What's going to cost the gaffer his job is not going out and signing a centre back. Ultimately, for me, because there's gaping holes in that defence, there's gaping holes in the way we play, um, and it needs fixed. And he's been saying for the last few weeks, to be fair to him, he's going to fix it in the training field. But Sunday was just proof that nothing's happening. Well, to be fair, this, this isn't a problem just for this season, is it? Is it I no. mean, we had one good no. season when we won fifty five. But apart from that, the, the it's it's been a gaping hole really for for the the last years. So something needs something needs to to really be done about a centre half. I, I was really shocked that we didn't do something about it. And as as you say, Balligan, yeah, I, I don't think Balligan would be making the mistakes that Suter's making at the moment on the left hand side. Whether Suter would make the mistakes on the right hand side, I don't know. But uh, I mean. He's certainly been falling asleep the last the last few games he's been he's been playing. Right, move on to the to the, to the midfield. Uh, Todd Cantwell, he came away with a a a, 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 a yeah a, a letter on one of these sites, and he says we need actions, not words. However, silence can seem cowardly in these times. We need unity and togetherness to turn this season successful. It's not the start we wanted. However, everything is still in our hands. You fans are incredible and you deserve to see better. Over to us. Now, there's a lot of people who have said he should keep his mouth shut. Well, there's a lot of people saying, no, he's talking the truth. There is a players and the players should be coming out and saying things. Andrew, are you with the silence or the, yeah, the talking out? I don't think there's anything wrong with going on social media as a player. I think if you if you pull the old Julian Lescott and tweet a picture of your multi-thousand, £100,000 car, you know, your Mercedes after a, a, a loss, then you're a bit of an arse. But if uh, if you like social media and you want to post and if you think you, you can connect with the fans better, then by all means do it. Um, I mean, we all have social media. I don't see why the players can't. Um, I can understand there is um, exceptions to that, i.e. the 
the classic West Fodderingham posting a, a photo on, of the flare on the park at Ibrox and an old firm defeat. That's a bit of a that's a bit of fucking silly, but I mean I, I don't mind it personally. I can see maybe I can see it as I said, I can see both sides of it, but I'm personally not too bothered about it. Yeah, um, well, I'll move on. I, I, my own vision of it, I, I think it's, it's okay. He came out and said it. I think uh, something needs to be done. We need to see that there's a bit of passion in the players and that they're feeling it as well. If they just all keep quiet and uh, hide away, then I, I think we, do, we don't see that passion and I want to see the passion. Unfortunately, Cantwell's the only one that's been showing it recently because... Uh, Everybody else has is, is been saying nothing. Um, Cantwell, it really annoys me to see him chasing shadows in the midfield, deep midfield. That's not his position, Scott. How do you see Cantwell playing in the future and how how do we fit this out all in? Um, that's a good question. How do you fit it all in? Cantwell can play as... A central midfielder to me. If you play him in the right role, maybe sort of as an as an advanced playmaker, um, something along them lines. As long as he's got a sort of number six sitting behind him, and he's got free roam for the middle of the park, let him go and cause a bit of damage. We've seen last season that he, that he wasn't shy of coming back and sticking a tackler to in, so he can win a midfield battle when he wants to. Um, but to me, his his position's higher up the park in a number ten. Um, I think, but. The manager's trying to do is he's trying to fit all the all his best players into the into the team, but he doesn't know who his best players are yet because there's no consistency in the lineup. So I think there's there's still a lot of jiggery pokery going on with the team um, as to how he's going to find a winning formula. Because see, at the end of the day, we're we're four games into it. Celtic have dropped points and we're we're four points behind. There's no getting away from it. We've won two and lost two in four matches, right? And there's 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 nothing in the midfield to say that there's any chemistry going on there. I mean, he's he brought in nine signings and three of them started at the weekend. Three of them, and one of them was a goalkeeper. So there's an awful lot of reliance on players that have already been there and experienced them kind of matches. Um, what he's doing with Jose Sifuentes, I've I've not I've not got a clue. Sifuentes, when I was uh, I don't know a wee bit of watching watching him, I watched a couple of their matches when it was at LAFC and. He's a kind of box-to-box, robust player. And that's that's what we'd all been trying out for in the middle of the park. And he's he's covering for Tav every time Tav gets forward. So the, the midfield is so disjointed that it's not working. Um, he doesn't know who's best midfield three are. Now, Raskin looks a shadow of the player he did. When he came on against Newcastle, everybody was tipping him for a big move even before the season started because he came on in a pre-season friendly and changed the game. And he did. He was outstanding. But that's, that's 45 minutes out of how many matches now? I mean, we're, we're 13 games in it, including pre-season. Um, we're underconfident. We don't know what we're doing with the ball when we get it. We played long balls the other day. Long balls against Celtic. I get up to that defence. That's a back four that's never going to play together again. And there's no, there's no chemistry in midfield at all. So with me, you need Ryan Jack in there as often as you could possibly get him in and put him in a number six. Um, you need probably Cantwell playing off him because he knows how to play that role and you need Sifuentes going box to box. Something's got to get moved about a wee bit to try and make this work because 
I mean, you can't even say we lost the midfield battle on Sunday because the game was never played in the midfield. But midfield was camped in Marine half. And Callum McGregor was made to look like fucking Jimmy Baxter against England. He was just floating about wherever he wanted, pinging balls here and everywhere. And we, we didn't we didn't get any we didn't get anywhere near them, which is a, a harsh reality. We played a three with a high press, and then there was nothing after that. There was nothing in behind it. There was no midfield runners getting up to the strikers to to back them up. The, the, it's so it was so disjointed in midfield. It's it's unbelievable. So I don't know why if that's why instruction was sent for them just to play a long ball on Sunday. To be brutally honest with you, but he needs to come up with he needs to come up with some sort of formula soon. He's got the players there to do it. He's definitely got the players. We've got some really, really good centre midfielders. Um, but he just needs to find a way of making them tick, making them all fit in together. What I also noticed against the Livingston when we played them in the 4-0 win was Sifuentes gets the ball on the kind of right side of midfield and he looks over his shoulder and he's looking for Tavernier. Instead of just playing the ball forward and going for one-twos and a wee triangle and all this kind of stuff, he's waiting in the full-back, getting up the pitch. He's delaying it, he's slowing the play down. It, it, you, you can't play football like that against the low block. It doesn't work. You need to be quick. You need to play passing moves. You need to beat players to create an opportunity. And it just, it's it's lacking. To be brutally honest, it's really, really lacking. It's poor just now. Yeah, for for my idea is it's uh, square pegs and round holes. He's trying mm-hmm. to he's trying to do. It's uh, totally uh, disfigured, really. And my idea of it is that he's trying to play far too narrow with no wingers. So what what is what is happening is that the, the midfield players are going to having to try to get out to a, an attacking fullback who, who stays wide. It means that it means that we're chasing shadows because as soon as as soon as the as if we enters, I'll, I'll name him as one, as soon as he moves out to the wing to to to, gather, to cover for the, the oncoming fullback, it means that the 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 other team's midfield are filling up the holes and they they can pass. They've got about five to ten yards every time free. It happened with PSV. It happened with Celtic. We were chasing shadows. Andrew, have you got a, a meaning on it? I mean, uh, it's difficult. I think that goes through like pre-season. It was difficult. You were, you were coming into those games and coming away going, I still don't know what, the, what our, our plan is. I don't know what our style of football is. It's hard to tell information at times. And my hope at that point was, oh, it's a lot of new players getting chucked into positions in pre-season. That's fine. It'll they'll work out the kinks. It'll be fine. But it's continued into the regular season. And um, I mean, I still I still back Michael Beale personally. I know that a lot aren't in that a similar boat as myself. Um, I still think it's a project. I think when you bring in a lot of players like that, who are all of them are very similar. They're very similar in terms of kind of reclamation projects. I mean, you're talking about Danilo who's scored goals a few years ago. You're talking about Lammers who had a really good season a few a few years ago. You're talking about Dessers who had a really good season a few years ago. It seems like we're going off of that Todd Cantwell um, CV that where there were there were brilliant players with a, a high high value a few years ago, and you're trying to get them back to the levels that they could be. I think um, the issue with that is I think that he's just sitting too many of those guys out. I think you need to try and get them in there in terms of a £6 million bench warmer. It's hard to... I don't understand what 
where he wants to go with Danilo. I don't know if he wants to play him in a two, I think. Anytime I've seen Dessers and Danilo in the park, they both seem quite happy to play alongside the link up quite well, those two. Um, same with Lammers, I think he, he needs to have somebody quite close by to, to work off of. Um, and that's the issue is that you've now got there's Danilo, Lammers and and Dessers, there's three, so you're, and you've got, you're going to have to factor getting Cantwell and Raskin in there, and all of a sudden you're running out of players to stick in the park in the 11. Um, I don't know who he thinks, he, who his first string team is and his second stream team is, a string team is. Um, it seems to be Dessers as his number one man up top at the minute, for, for good or bad, I don't know, um, because he, he does look woefully slow, and that might just be his thing. He's not a fast guy. That's fine. He's quite a physical striker. Kind of, I don't want to say target man, but he he likes to kind of work like that. Uh, but he needs to have something next to him. Roof was doing his best to kind of stay close to him at times for the kind of long ball to try and get in amongst it and win the second balls or win the knockdowns with him. But it's hard. It's disjointed. It's difficult to, to see a plan, and I'm just hoping by the time we get back from this international break, you're going to see something that resembles a, a style of play or a shape. Yeah, you see, I'm I'm going to go back to the the, the point I was making that uh, the our system is built at the moment on the two fullbacks, bombing forward, Tav and uh, Barisic bombing forward. But the fact is, if they have got a, a winger to mark and the winger stops him getting forward, then the midfield, who's playing so narrow, just can't get to the wide players. It's, it, it means they're playing catch-up with the wide players, and it, it just doesn't fit in, doesn't fit in any way whatsoever. We've got players running about, and once they get the ball, when we were playing PSV, PSV had three players around us every time, whereas we were chasing one player and couldn't catch him. So it's, it's just the, the, the complete system. When when he brought in these players, I thought, oh, we're going for a high press. I haven't seen any high press. Yeah, against Celtic in the second half there, we, we, we tried tried the high press. But against PSV within, I haven't, I haven't seen any game that, that we've, we've been playing the high press yet. Scott, help me out in this one. Aye, 100%. Um, I was on a podcast the other night that was pointed out to me that um, he played roughly three different formations in the first half. It looks to me, even since I've watched the game back, you're looking at kind of different, it depends on the phase of play, oppositions and what kind of shape we're taking. And um, like early on in the second half, he'd come out roof, Mark and Callum McGregor. It tipped me a diamond. Why have you got your best striker at a club, Mark and a Celtic captain in defensive midfield? See, your last manager today that was Pedro Kikshinia. When Celtic came and turned us over 5 1 at Ibrox and they put Kenny Miller on Scott Brown, he might remember it because in a press conference after it, Pedro Kicksinger was pulling out tumbles and all this and trying to explain to a press what he was trying to do. It's just, it's just so far gone, it isn't real. Uh, we've played this style of football in terms of slow passing and build up, slow build up play and all this kind of stuff for Gerard was here. It's too predictable now. It's far too predictable. There's too much variety in my play. We need to simplify it an awful lot. Um, and that, that with me, with, with the fitness of the squad, the pre-season the players have been put through, you know they've had a good pre-season in terms of fitness. They've had a lot of running, a lot of miles in their legs. We need to go and press teams. Press teams high up the park and be compact on the halfway line. 
instead of this seven players behind the halfway line and three up top, you know, pressing their cell. Because that's, that's what I've seen against Celtic. Don't get me wrong. I'm not Andy Gray for being sports or nothing like that. But I can pretty, I can what I can see what I'm seeing. And what I'm seeing is just not making any sense whatsoever just now. It's just not. It, pre-season's all about getting your, your best of loving, getting a style of play and building a foundation. It came away with, during pre-season, like, playing tough games against the Olympiacos at home was supposed to get us ready for European opposition. Fair enough if that's what he wants today. But we were all kind of worried and let's not beat about the bush here. We were all kind of worried in pre-season because we weren't really seeing how we attack a game. Like, there's... We don't know what style of play apart from Borna and Tav. Two aging fullbacks, by the way. Candidate for 60 games a season. I'm not going to be able to do that for 60 matches if we're in European football after Christmas. It's impossible. One of them, I don't know, what age is Borna? Is he 30 or 31? We're right about the same age as Tav, isn't he? I think he's um, 31, but I'm not sure. Aye, so, I mean, the boys have done it for years and they've done it done it to really, really good effect. But you need to mix, you need to mix and match it a wee bit. You need to change, something needs to change up. I would like to see us go to a back three with Ridvan and Tavernier's wing-backs. I'd like to see Balogun on the left day back three when he's fit and when he can play, obviously, because somebody needs to speak Ridvan through a match, needs to tell him when to go, when to stay, um, get his positioning shot sorted out because he's been caught out a few times I've seen him playing pre-season. Then you need to have a midfield three, uh, Sifu, Entez, Raskin and Cantwell and stick with it. Don't move for it. Don't move for it at all. You've got three centre-backs back. Just if one of them is a six and let the two of them go forward. And then you need Danilo and Roof up front. Danilo and Roof could be a pretty tasty partnership to me. You can get good combination play. Cantwell could get up. You'll have Lawrence coming off the bench. Lawrence can slot into centre-mid. Kind of uh, free rolls if you want it. You could have two of them for midfield depending on who you're playing. Really, really mix it up and play some good football. Because Rangers have got a right good squad in their hands just now. But it's not getting used. It doesn't seem it's so dysfunctional, it's so it's so dysfunctional and so disjointed that it's no it's just not clicking. It's not clicking. And that's no me I'm not sitting here saying Michael B Lute and all this kind of stuff, but it's 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 on his shoulders to produce us a team when he spent thirteen million pounds to produce us a team that we can go football's all about getting being entertained and go along to Ibrox and be entertained. And we're not getting it just now. Pure and simple, that's what football comes down to. That's why you go to it. And it's for entertainment purposes. That's the whole idea behind it. And there's just there's nothing to watch just now. Literally nothing on show to watch. Yeah, well, for me, he let go one of the most dangerous players in, uh, in, in we uh, fashion. I, I think, aye, I think aye, he, he was the only one that could have a player mm-hmm. in the right wing. Yep. And I really think that was a big mistake uh, that was that was made. Right, Andrew, I know you're a, a, a Beal supporter, and it was always said that Beal was the brains behind Gerard. You still agree with that, or are you starting to get your doubts on that? I mean, if you're a Rangers fan and you're not doubting this, then check your pulse. I mean, it's not brilliant, it has to be said, but. I still, I still back him, and I don't know if it is blind faith because I was sitting there this afternoon and I had the whole spiel that I was going to say in defence, but then it's gone out my head, and all of a sudden I'm, I'm blabbering. But I, I, I've got a feeling that that's probably what Michael's like in the changing room because I don't think he, I don't think he, he, he manages players correctly. I think especially for the Sifuentes and PSV experiment, 
I don't know what his role was in that team. It was it seemed like it was to man mark Joey Vierman, but it didn't work because Vierman just kept roaming. It felt like it, he was expecting Vierman to play static and just sit in the centre of the park. But what the Rangers kinda, do? Uh, yeah, you <laughs> could say that. Yeah, um, but I, I think it is. It almost does feel like yeah, we still don't know the eleven that's his favourite. I think he had an idea of how he wanted to play and I don't know, maybe the players that he's brought in can't do certain things that he wants them to do and all of a sudden he's going, well, I need to go all the way back to the chalkboard and start all over again, um, which is a bit concerning, as I said, but I mean, I, it's, I know we, we don't like the international break, but I think it could be a good time just to get him to to reassess. I think if he, if he comes out against Johnston away, and uh, and plays the same style, the same, well, the same lack of style, shall I say? Um, then you can't, it can't go on. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely expecting there to be changes for that game because, I mean, you, you can't have had a, a more eye-opening experience than, I don't know, hearing Roof come off the park, hearing the reaction to that. Hearing the reaction at full time, seeing the reaction on social media, and, and he's been here for long enough to know what the, it should feel like to be as a Rangers man to lose an old firm, especially in that that manner. Um, so I I I would be really disappointed, and I, and I definitely would be maybe thinking of being off the ship and, and moving into the bailout campaign if if we're seeing the same thing against St Johnston because that just proves. You're not learning anything from this. You're really just sticking to your guns, plan A, no plan B. And and at that point, hell mind you, because there's nothing you can there's nothing we can do about it. If he's not gonna he's not gonna learn and we're not gonna go anywhere. If if you look at the players he, he's brought in, and even going back to, to Raskin, uh central midfielder, Cantwell, central midfielder, Lammers, central attacker to central midfielder. Uh, who are Dessers, central attacker, all central men. There's hardly any uh, the the boy from LA, uh, central midfielder. It's all central midfielders. I, I just don't understand. I don't get where he's coming from. And then the wide player Sakawa is sold. He could have played wide. No, but we're basically we're, we're actually going back to Matondo now and. And hopefully Lawrence can can do something. Mm. Otherwise, we've absolutely no white players, absolutely none. Scott, <laughs> I'll, I'll give you, and, and I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll let you end in one another central midfielder, a central player that's actually good, is a goalkeeper, Jack <laughs> Butland. I'll let you finish with him. Hey, <laughs> uh, I. Jack Butland's been nothing but a stalwart for his sign, didn't he? Know he's he's proven everything we've came today um, since he came into the club. He's calmed down all our fears. We've not had a keeper that can catch a ball for a corner in how many seasons now? He's come in, he's good shot stopper, he commands his area, he can play a ball out with his feet. Um, I, he's basically got it all. I'm really happy with the goalkeeping situation. Um, in terms of the rest of it, um, I think the board do need to act now. I think they need to act and with the way they took too long with Gio last season. 
they, they waited far, far too long before they decided to get him out. Um, I'd say in the last time I was on with pod that I didn't want us to get Champions League football because just of the humpings we got last season. Um, and I thought it would affect our form domestically. Well, that was proven because we get beat 5-1 off PSV after giving a good performance at Ross County. Need to give credit where credit's due. It's a decent performance at Ross County. We should have scored more, if anything. We looked really, really good in the first half at Ross County. Um, and it's come back and it's it was flat again on Sunday because it, we didn't have a good game on Wednesday night. And I feel as if that was part of the reason. I think the players just have lost an awful lot of confidence. So, obviously, a manager's going to stay. I've I've stopped all my rants about wanting them out of the club because it's, it's not going to get anybody anywhere, if we're really honest. It looks as if he's staying now. If it was going to go, he would have been going by now. Um, so it's just a case of giving them a chance to turn it around because as, as the card we've been dealt with off the board just now. So we just need to hope that he is actually fixing something on these days that he's got these players for because he's been, as I say, he's been saying it for weeks. There's still things to iron out in the training ground. But he, he, needs, a, he, needs, he needs a start first before he can figure out the kinks that he needs to iron out because nobody knows what he's trying to do. Nobody knows his formation, he's starting a loving, how he plays football, what his identity is, his brand, nothing. Nobody can tell us in, apart from waiting in fullbacks, getting up the park and crossing into a box. I mean, that's all that I can see just now. He's, he's, he spoke about combination play from the players up front. I've not seen anyone because he's changing, he's starting a loving every week. Nobody knows where they're coming or going. Do you know what I mean? But Sam Lammers in the last couple of matches had, is it the odd impact off the bench? Uh, he set up Tav's goal at PSV. Should have buried his chance on Sunday. Um, I was frustrated with him, but the fact is, he made that run and it was a, a good through ball and equal Raskin that put him in that position in the first place. So the fact that that's happened, that's kind of what you're wanting to see, but I mean, I, as I say, I've only seen flashes of it. There's not been... Like, if, if the ball was getting played in the deck and it was kind of free flowing football for the back to midfield to front, then fine if there's if there's like player errors happening in there that you can fix in the training ground, fine. At least we know what he's trying what he's working on. But nobody knows what he's working on just now. And that for me is the most worrying thing. Um I've accepted he's staying. I don't I don't want him as Rangers manager anymore. Well, not at this present moment anyway, but um we just need to hope we can pull a rabbit out of the hat. <laughs> Well, I think the only thing that can save him is, is that the players start playing for him now, and uh, and and we have an upgrade on 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 the forum that we've we've been shown. One of the one of the things that uh, Ariel, I mean, Bill obviously did want to come back here. He, he he knocked back the Wolves job, and when Rangers knocked on his door, he jumped at it. So he obviously wanted to come back here. He's happy here. He said he wanted to live in Scotland. His family loves Scotland. I really feel sorry for his family. See, for his wife and kids at the moment, I think they're at school age. I really, really feel sorry for them, Andrew. How about you? I mean, uh, he's, he's, he knows the city. He knows what, what it's like. I mean, he's been here long enough. You know what it's like if you live in a Rangers area and you win. It feels great. If you live in a Celtic area and, and, and you're a Rangers fan, you lose. It feels horrible. I mean, that's just how it goes. Um uh, it's the two the two big teams and across Scotland. You go to you go to Motherwell and they'll still have Rangers and Celtic fans there. You go to pay, well, I'm in Paisley, I'm a Rangers fan. I mean it's that's 
two big teams dominate the country. I mean, you weren't. He was never going to find a place to escape it. Um, and that's what they say about having to have the kind of right mentality when you're up here because there is no place to hide, which some people would enjoy having to be present and front facing and 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 get it right or you feel it. Unfortunately, um, I I still cling on to the fact that I think you can turn it around. I mean. Apart from PSV and, and the old firm game, take away this week, it, it didn't feel like we were in bail-out territory. Two results, two poor results, has to be said. Um, feels like we're, we've completely chucked this whole kind of development plan. Um, I think it was... I thought we'd, we'd, we'd made it clear that it was going to be a rebuild because it kind of had to be. You've cut out the kind of heart and soul of the team. Um... I mean, we we had the system that kind of lent towards Morelos, but just hit it down and then we'll play off of him or get it to Kit in the wing and he'll drive. Um, you've cut out both of those elements. I mean, it's going to be, I, I was assuming it would be a full scale rebuild. It's taken its time, evidently. Um, I think it's obviously, it, it feels bad because they've kind of been in a similar position and they're just doing it better in terms of the results. Um, we drop points in the league, but they they're out of the cup. It's uh, I think we're both still in the same boat, apart from the fact that they've won that first old firm. And it, it just Andrew, it's... Andrew, if I can interrupt you there for a second, um, Kenny Miller came out today and he says that he's never seen hatred. He said, "I we even lost five one in, in my time, and we never had the hatred that we saw this week." Um. You can, I mean, as I say, I feel sorry for him. I, I, I don't think, I don't think he's got it as Rangers manager, to be honest with you. But I really feel horrible for the way he was treated this week. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's that's what it's going to be like. That's that's what we would have been expecting this reaction. If and if he wasn't expecting this reaction, getting beaten in old firm, then I, I mean, what can I tell you? You've been here long enough to know that's how it works. Um. I just, as I said, I think leading up to that week of that week, PSV and then Celtic. I mean, we'd made slow progression. I know it wasn't brilliant. It wasn't as fast paced as we'd wanted. But you go off the Kelly result, you get an off, you get a four 0 clean sheet, and you get a two 0 in the league clean sheet. Um, in both of those games, one after the other, you could see that slow progression, slow, but progression. Um. And that's why I think it was just <laughs> if the old firm wasn't that weekend and and we'd just um say if it was PSV you get beat but then you played I don't know St Mirren and you won then we wouldn't be having a bail out conference but it's just that's how it's gone we've lost to Celtic and after a big loss in Eindhoven and it feels like he's he's gone even though it's as I said I, I just think that we're in a rebuild and. We need patience, but and I, I know that you can't afford to have patience, but you need to in a rebuild. I mean, we look at look at Celtic with the the Postecoglou rebuild. They didn't start well. Yes, they had exciting football, as they said. They said, "Oh, we're enjoying how they're playing, but we're still not getting the results." We were at least getting the results and making slow progress. So, and in terms, of, I just think that I still give them time. They lost the first over of that season, and then they they just kicked on, and they blew us away in the end. 
Yeah, the one, the one thing that, that we're talking about a rebuild, but our, our rebuild has been on players that couldn't get into the first team at Feyenoord, players that couldn't get into the first team at PSV, had a good season at, uh, here in Vain, but couldn't get anywhere near, uh, in, in Italy couldn't get any near, anywhere near the first team, went to Germany, couldn't get anywhere near the first team. I, I remember, maybe it's because I remember the days that we, we used to be out and, and buying first team players. I don't know. This this really, really seems like a, a rebuild made on soft sand. Would you think, Claude? Uh, um, firstly, it's, it's it's sad to see the treatment that the manager's getting on a on a personal level because. It does come with the territory of taking a Rangers job. But if you're a Rangers manager, you'd have been fully aware of it could potentially harm, especially when he spent the amount of money that he spent on the team just now. And because of what we're seeing, um, to me, no Rangers manager should still be a job, still be in a job after getting beat five one in a European tie or seven three in aggregate. Can't if there's no way addressing up. I says it when Liverpool beat us at Ibrox last season as well. Whatever the score was six or seven one or something. Um, I say that that, that you can have that you can still be in a Rangers hot seat after a result like that because the club's built on standards and it's built on um, entertaining winning football. That's what Rangers football club's built on, and we're not seeing it just now. So as as sorry as I feel for for Gaffer, that, that does come with territory. And in terms in terms of signings. I if Olds went out and backed him. But see when I sat and I done my sums the other night, he's at 1.5 million in a net spend. 1.5 million. See when you take in the, the 5 million for Kamara, the 4 million for Sakala, and the 2.5 million for Cholak. And he spent X amount on incoming players, he did 1.5 million in a net spend. And I can't believe we didn't go and buy a centre back. That is ultimately to me. What is going to cost the manager of his job is the centre half pair in the corner, Goldson and John Suter. John Suter. It's not working. It's not working. What's the fact, Scott? He said he's got five big earners out the, out the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Morales and uh, yeah, the five that went away. They, Aye, they, were, was, they were big earners. I was really surprised that he let Scott Arfield go, to be honest with you, David. Scott Arfield still came off the bench and had an impact. He still had a player there that was quite an influential figure in the dressing room. Um, he showed his two goals up at Aberdeen last season that it could come in. I mean, that was two late late goals. It got his three points. Fine, it didn't end up needing, but in terms of a title running, you need players like that that can come in and make an impact. I think it was a wee bit of both club and player. Club would say, this is going to be your playing time, but player wanted to play more. So, fifth play at Scotty Arfield. In terms of Leadership in the park. Um, I want James Tavernier stripped as captain of Rangers FC during this international break. He has seen countless, countless bad results in his tenure. He's won two, two trophies available in 10 since Rangers get promoted into SPFL. He's seen countless pumpings off a of Celtic. Countless. He's lost too many semi-final and finals. Um... And I would like to see a change in captaincy. A right back to me shouldn't be a captain. I've always I'm kind of 
old school in terms. I loved it when Barry Ferguson was a captain. He was taking control in midfield and shouting and balling at players and all that kind of stuff. Um, I'd done an article on Tav at the beginning of the season saying reasons why I wanted him to stay Rangers captain, but nothing's changing. There's no one. See, see when a, a team's starting to go 2, 3, 4, 1 down, that's when you look to your captain for a wee bit of guidance in terms of how we're going to... He should know what Bill wants him to do because he's Bill's on-field manager and he's 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 not doing it. He looked clueless. He looks clueless. He just turns around and shouts at Connor Golton nine times out of ten and Golton shouts back at him. There's not actually any... doesn't seem to be any communication throughout the team from me. So I would like to see him replace this captain. I don't want it given to Connor Golton either because I think, I think it's time for a complete change of leadership in that squad. You've got players there that have got potentially where it takes. You've got a potential captain in Butland. We've seen how commanding Butland can be. I don't believe a captain should be a goalkeeper, but um, you've got Ryan Jack when he comes in and plays in the middle of the park. He's been a, an influential figure. He's come on um, several matches throughout his Rangers career and grabbed that midfield. I just wish his injury record was a wee bit better. Um, there's different candidates throughout that team that could take that armband and I would I would really, really like it to be changed because I think there needs to be a general freshness coming into a team. Something's got to give somewhere because it's been the same for far too long now. It's been the exact same for far too long. I just don't see in any one player that's good enough to be captain. I, I, I really don't. I, I know people are saying Cantwell. I, do, I don't see Aye, Campbell being I'll, good captain. I would yeah. be a big fan of Todd Campbell getting that. Yeah, mm. I, I don't, I don't see him. I think he's, he's too. David, see, see that, see that when Campbell loses the ball and he runs back, he runs back and gets it. He done it against Hearts when we played them in the split last season. He scored the, he scored the equaliser. He put his one each before half time. In the second half, he came out and he commanded the midfield. He was throwing tackles in left, right, and centre. That gets the fans on side. That gets the players on side. That's setting an example to me. And James Tavernier doesn't set an example. Aye, right, he darts in at the back post and scores a header against our vet. Whoop to do, he's done nothing else for the rest of the match. Nothing else. He's done nothing all season and he's still a top scorer. That tells you everything you need to know. It really, really does. We need new yeah, leadership well, qualities that, on that park. I don't know that's all oh, Tavernier's fault. That Every every mistake Tavernier, is Tavernier's fault and he can shout and ball. Andrew, do you want to say in this? What, what, are, you, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I think the captain's armband will need to be moved in the in the near future. Because as I said, I think you need to start speaking to James Tav and say to him, what is your future at this club? What do you think your future is at this club? Um, I, I, I think he doesn't have a long-term future. It's blatantly obvious. I think if Tav's going, you need to get rid of Goldson as well because they're a one-two pairing, for better or for worse. Um I don't know what's going into Conor Goldson this season. It seems like he's... I, I still have a feeling that, that injury that he he'd had during the off-season <clears throat> is uh, still kind of there or thereabouts. Uh, I just don't think he's playing as free as he usually is. Uh, I'm I'm surprised with John Stewart. He seems to be regressing. I think the, the, the kind of usual suspects that we felt okay about in that kind of the short time of the the, seat, the, the half of last season that when Bill came in, we kind of I, I felt fine with the fact that Raskin and Campbell were fine. We'll take them into the next season; they're doing great. Um, 
they've kind of regressed. I thought John Stewart started to look great. He seems to have regressed. Um, it's it's um it's a difficult one. Um, he's gonna have to find the answers, or as as we all know, what happens. Um, you only get so long. I just I think he should get, should get as much as he, he can get. Um, will the will the word fear help you out, Andrew? In what like in what point? context? Uh, oh yeah, for the players, I think um, I think uh, maybe that. I don't know. Maybe there's maybe it's just something like that. I mean, I know that the the bottle has been questioned quite a lot, and I think um, I think you just kind of need to move on from that kind of the Goldson and Tavernier because then that's that's half of your backline if you get rid of those two. Um, by no means am I saying you cut them here and now. I think they they both can play parts in the rest of the season. I just think you need to be planning ahead for. Next season, I don't think they'll be here next season. To be perfectly honest with you, um, so I think you they need to start future proofing that back four, um, and then you question. We already questioned the left side of it. You get too many questions on key areas in the park, and I don't think that helps at all. Yeah, well, I, I, I certainly don't. I, the, the one thing that I, I, I don't understand as well is having, buying a six million pound player in Danilo and have him sitting in his mm-hmm. backside on the warming the bench. I think that's absolutely crazy. Um, why he won't go with a, a two-man up front, I don't know. All his changes seem to be like for like. He takes off, he brings on a, a back, a full-back, takes off a full-back. Um, same with the forward, uh, he takes Dessers off and puts uh, Danilo on. Uh, and there's nothing out the out the, the the average uh, just all um it's as if he's reading a book um this is the way it should be and it, it's just putting out small fires instead of getting to the heart of the big fire that's that's the that's the way uh the way i think about it and just when i when i thought of all the doom and gloom was uh was finished to, for the week I read in the paper today that because we get put out of europe celtic are gaining another two and a half million and in the, the Champions League, I think that's to do with TV rights or something like that. The, the, don't know. Can you can do you know any, any more about that, Scott? I see you're nodding your head. No, I, 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 they will be getting more money because they've not got to share the the, but, the bonus for getting in the the fee we get for making the Champions League. But they're not going to they're not going to do anyway. Anyway, I mean, we heard when Rogers coming back, this was them making a big push for Europe, and they've not. They've not signed a player above five million pound. We have, but they've not. So I, I, I kind of was beginning to think that some of if seen some of the players have been linked with like Scott McTominay and all this kind of stuff for Man United. There's, there's nobody been signed apart from a couple of Koreans, etc. That's there's nobody come in that's that's pretty that's made me go. Okay, we'll need to watch them when we play them. Because see if they didn't have Kyogo on Sunday, they don't score. They don't score that goal. Kyogo is the difference. They're, they're, they're clinical up front and we're not. It's, it's, it's as easy as that. It was a it was a daft golden header that gave the ball away on Sunday. It was a defensive error that cost us that match. Celtic didn't really offer much going forward. Um, yeah. we, we didn't offer much going forward either. It was a pretty a tepid old firm game, I would say, in terms of entertainment purposes. It wasn't, it wasn't up to much as a, as a football match. 
You know, so, once that's this day from from the the Celtic game, Kyogo, he only touched the ball seven times. So I've read, mm-hmm. I never counted, but he only touched the ball seven times in the whole game, and yet he makes a difference. And Des, as I believe somebody counted as well, touched the ball twenty times or something like that. So I don't know, I don't know who sits and counts all this, but it's uh, it's, it's 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 quite. Uh, yeah, touched the ball seven times, and you you you, you played the, the biggest part in the whole game. I know, I know. To me, to me, Dessers needs to need some time in the sidelines because we need a centre forward up front that's going to work the centre backs a wee bit more. Morelos was even with a half arsed Morelos, you knew that's what you were going to get. It was going to get centre backs a hard time at least, at least, and that's what made space for Rangers to create chances nine times in two in two players marking Ryan Kent in a home game against Libby. It was always happening. They were always doubling up in Kent. And Morelos, nine times out of ten, worked the space to, uh, to be able for midf- on, on midfield runners to get in and, and score goals, etc. But we, we need something different up front in terms of Bill on about combination play. I would go with Danilo and uh, Roof up front for the next home match. So I would, because I think they're two very mobile players that can offer something completely different. Dessers has come up came up well in certain matches. He's come up with key assists and things like that. Like he's his assist for Matondo against PSV at Ibrox was outstanding. Um yeah. but I would I would like to see something different up front. I'm not saying saying Dessers has been this bad sign and that bad sign and blah blah blah. I'm not here to criticise but um I would definitely like to see he needs to change it up up top for us to get a wee bit of hope back again. Yeah well um I, I, I certainly would prefer two up front, uh, and as you said, uh, or Andrew said the three-five-two, but Bill just doesn't seem to want to want to play that system. Uh, it's one system he doesn't doesn't go for, uh, and we're, we're stuck with one person up front. Um, and as I say, if the two fullbacks are pegged back by a winger. Then we're just absolutely nothing wide, and we've got the midfield trying to chase inside and trying to chase out the wing. Anyway, um, I'm going to move on. I, I, I don't think you actually know this guy, Andrew. A guy called Felix Magat was a he was a good German football player. Uh, he claims that he was nearly the manager before Stephen Gerrard got the job. Well, that's that's pretty good. We, we, we obviously didn't get it. But then I read that he had eight hundred and ten thousand shares in Rangers and had one percent of the shares. So that that quite surprised me. I don't think you'll know much about him, uh, Andrew. So I go to Scott. Do, do, did you know anything about that? I think it was a. Uh, I think when we played Stuttgart at home in the Champions League, I'm not sure if it was under Walter a second thing. Or was it McLeish? Might have been McLeish. We bet them two one. I think. And Magath was a manager of Stuttgart back then. He's got a good pedigree, but um, even before Gerard taking over, I mean, you're talking about a guy that's in mid-60s, that's you going into uh, Roy Hodgson territory. And as much as I believe we do need a, a more experienced manager in a dugout at Rangers, I don't believe somebody that old. I think we need to get somebody kind of that's heading towards their retirement years rather than in the retirement years, if you know what I mean. Um, I'd like to see somebody with a good track record. I've seen an awful lot about oh, Graham Potter's turned down a Leon job a day, so uh, that, that's who we want. Graham Potter's just a carbon copy of Gio and Michael Beale. 
he done it with Chelsea last season. He, he was playing all sorts of different formations in game, and he's not really got a brand of fit by either. He done a steady job at Brighton, but I mean, look at Roberto Deserbi if he went in there. He's took that club on leaps and bounds. Um, I would like to see somebody coming in that's got a bit of, that's got an identity about them first and foremost, and then we can really see what he's trying to do on a park. Uh, uh, if Odo Glunt manager, Nutson, I would probably be quite happy with him. He's not got a, a great track record in Norway. I think he's got two league titles in a cup or something, but at we least you know. Nayak for their last job uh, yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. we have a chance. That was the th- I think he's a great manager. He, he's, he's very kind of forward-thinking, and I just think Aye. he's we've missed a chance for him. Um, but... I don't, I've not seen anybody on Twitter that I've liked. John Eustace got mentioned today in the papers. No, no, no. I thought he was still signing no. as a player. <laughs> no. Birmingham City manager, is it, I think? He's and, had, uh, he's had five decent results for Birmingham. I saw five decent results. Three wins and two draws. Is all John Eustace has done. John Eustace is not Rangers quality. That's just one of these things. Russell Martin was linked to his last season before Bill yeah. got a job to. It's why he's daft reports. If John I Eustace come in, I would rather have been in the middle, but I don't think he'd, he'd even come down this, this way. Um, ah, yeah, no. It's it'd be nice to have all these kind of these guys. I mean, there was the Royal Plate manager, but he's he's turned down Villarreal. Ah, yeah, it's, it's enjoyable that it's, it's, it's some people that I, I know we love Rangers and I love Rangers dearly, but the, if you turn down Leon, example, people saying Potter's turned down Leon, he's coming up their own. It's like, no. If people were saying that, no, that Gallardo's turned down Villarreal, he's coming to Rangers, no, no chance. If they're turning down those clubs, they're not coming here. No. No. Yeah, well, <laughs> Musket's other one, I suppose, uh, no. but Rangers have already said there's nothing in that. So I, I don't, listen, and, and, and until Beals get the sack, I don't really think it's worth talking about no. new managers because he's, he's, he's going to be there for the next, I think, Probably the next time we'll look at it, it'll probably be if we're put out of Europe or, or uh, I don't know. I don't... If he loses to St Johnston, that's it. That's it. That's game. Yeah, do you believe that? Aye, definitely. Aye. Yeah, because that, this is, so. I'd, I'd say that I think somebody internally has had the word in saying, come on, come on now. And you've got you've got the you've got the national break to go and work on it. And if he has all that time and he goes out, to Midland Park and we don't get three points, then I think that's curtains, and I think that's it. Unfortunately for him, oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, well, well, it's all to all to be seen uh, in in the future. Un- unfortunately, we've we've we'll get the, these two international games uh, to go through uh, before Andrew and Whiten is on the B team. I've been reading that the SPL Trust Trophy third round fixture against Al Athletic will take place at Capital Park on Tuesday, September the 26th. Kick-off 7.45. I take it you'll be going to that one? Yeah, well, it's something I've I've started to to speak about. Um, I went to the last game, obviously, you would have seen the coverage at Stenhouse Muir away. Um, Thankfully, it's at Capelo, so it's not that far a drive compared to up past Falkirk for, for Stenhouse Muir. Um, it'll be an interesting one, another professional side. I thought they handled Stenhouse Muir quite well, to be honest. Um, we just need to wait and see how they do. I mean, it was something I was looking forward to. I'd seen that I'd seen we were, were getting close to a date getting announced, so it's good that they've, they've committed it today. I thought it was going to be at the Rangers Training Centre, but they went for Capelo, so... 
We'll see how that goes. But being from living in Paisley, I, I think I'll need to speak to some friends and ask for advice of of staying safe. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I remember I was working with, with, with I used to work in Bishopton Royal Ordnance Factory, and uh, some of some of the women from that area were were, were actually worse than the men. So I, I was uh, I was only a young boy, eighteen at the time. So I learned quite a few things in the days. Scott, I'll give you one to get your, your teeth around. Wall was appointed ECA Vice Chairman. That's the European Club Association, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he says that he wants to keep Celtic and Scotland at the top of Europe. Any ideas on this one? No, I've not got a, I've not got a clue, to be really honest. <laughs> Davey, I don't know much about it at all. It does this surprise uh, me that he's... That he's worked, he's, he's wormed his way on something like that, but I don't know anything about it, to be brutally honest. He's, he's been on it since 2014, actually, so it's it's not a new thing. But oh, new, um, I think if a chairman, um, he's been made chairman, is a, is, is a new thing, but he's been on that board for, uh, for a bit. He's, he's a slithery person, isn't he? He slithers in everywhere and, and gets his... Uh, we all need to look at the SFA and the SPFL for, for, for that. Um, well, I'm looking at the time. Uh, one thing, <laughs> Andrew Gascoigne, Paul Gascoigne, a wee bit before your time, but I think you've seen that his antics. One of the things in the paper today was he went to see Prince William and he ended up giving him a kiss. <laughs> now, is this going to set Scottish football alight and... Uh, People getting sacked and uh, and things like that. <laughs> oh, I don't know. That's just uh, quintessential Gaza. Uh, I can't say I was surprised when I seen it, um, but I suppose that's where it's just it's just the man, isn't it? I will say I will say for the general knowledge that it was on the cheek and not full on the lips. So <laughs> I, I think we, I think you might have a wee bit of leeway with that one. <laughs> anyway. Um, Another story I've got, it's not really to do with Rangers. I, I said it in the news this morning. Louis van Gaal, um, he came out yesterday and he was asked about the game against Argentina, Holland, Argentina. And first of all, he said, well, I've nothing to say about it. And that's where he should have stopped. But Louis van Gaal, being Louis van Gaal, didn't stop. He went on and he said, yeah, Actually, if you look at the goals Argentina scored um, and you look at the way things went, then uh, I don't think it was uh, it was sort of a fair stuff. And the, the, they said, do you mean, do you mean that the game was fixed? He says, yes, I think the game was fixed. I think it was built up to give Messi his World Cup uh, dream of winning a World Cup. So that, that was way Carl. He's got the the whole of uh, Argentina up in an uproar. <laughs> all the the, the the television, Argentina television was all full of this stuff. But um, no, that was Louis Vacal. I just thought that was a, a funny story, uh, obviously. <laughs> uh, Louis Vacal just can't keep his mouth shut. Anyway, Andrew, anything you want to get off your chest before we shut down? Oh, well, just need uh, to wait and see how... Uh... How St Johnston away goes, and it'll be interesting to see what the pods will be like for the the game the coming weeks after that, depending on that result. Um, 
it's going to be interesting. I mean, he's definitely. It sounds like he's been back to try and turn it around. So we'll just need to wait and see if he can, he can, <laughs> somehow, a, a ninety plus five uh, bill equalizer or something. Like that. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Okay, and uh, Jake, you want to thank the listeners for listening in? Oh yeah, of course. I mean, uh, I hope I've not, I've not uh, cut off any any support that they might have for me. I know I've pushed you hard with the Matondo back in and Barisic. Um so I'd added Bill to the trifecta so we'll see how we'll see how see how it goes and see how it pans out for his uh, post international break. Oh well Andrew I, I went through it I went through a pod without mentioning Lundstrom to now so that that's that's one thing. There's oh. there's there's good ways as well sometimes. <laughs> Okay, Scott, would you have you anything on your mind and would you like to say goodbye to the to the people listening? No, just uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for having me again, boys. I've, I think I've more than said my piece tonight. <laughs> Although I've got everything no, off my chest. I wanted to get off my chest. No, it was very, very enjoyable. No, I'll thank everybody as well. Obviously, you can watch us on Facebook, on uh, WhatsApp and... No, sorry, not WhatsApp. YouTube and... Uh, Twitter, well it's not Twitter anymore, it's X I think they call it now oh, these things, I'm too old for this all these newbies anyway, um, I thank you all for watching and good night